When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I like booze. Facebook, shopping, and random flings with hot guys. And I'm Bob Sinensky, and I am going to chop up your family, eat them, and then come over to your house and shit them out on your face. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a presently a Party Down podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 1, Episode 6, Taylor Stiltskin, Stillskin, Sweet 16, and Episode 7, which is the Brandix Corporate Retreat. Episodes which originally aired on April 24th and May 1st, 2009. Uh, so we're really hitting the 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 curve of season one here. Curb? The curve. The curve. Yeah. Around the curve they come, you know? I see. Down the stretch they come, I guess they say, actually. I'm a real horse racing fan. Would you here. say it's the meaty part of the curve? Yeah. Well, here, okay. So here's my question in general about party down catering. Okay. <laughs> Who cooks the food? None of these six guys are chefs. I, yeah, I certainly hope that nobody's eating anything cooked by any of these people. I mean, we see them doing prep work in the kitchen and stuff. But like, you know, for example, at, at this bat mitzvah, at the Sweet 16, they're handing out sirloin sliders. Who made those? Yeah, they're probably made at like um, like a central location. And then they, and they dispatch them out with like ready to warm up food. I, that's yeah. a weird thing for a caterer. Oh, very weird. I think would make it much less appealing than like. Oh, the, very subpar. Very yeah. subpar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one said that party doubt is quality catering. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, in the first episode, they talk about how they replaced some other uh, higher quality caterers. Yeah, they're nobody's first choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, now, we, we are going to see Brecken Meyer in this episode. We're going to see a lot of people in these yeah, two episodes. I, I, I sent you a photo. I saw Brecken Meyer in Las Vegas uh, almost, very shortly after this episode originally aired. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the guy from Road Trip, right? I would say that's where he's, or that's yeah. where I think where I know him from. Yeah, that's the most famous thing he was in. Yeah. Uh, when I saw him in the picture, so it was um, him and Seth Green and a bunch of their friends. And Breckenmeyer and Seth Green are both uh, very, very short in real life. Seth Green, you said? Uh, both of them. Yeah, no, he's famously very short. I'm saying, but even by those standards, he's like right, Danny right. DeVito, Danny DeVito territory. Oh, really? Okay. Danny yeah. DeVito is very short. Yeah. I think Danny DeVito is like four nine or something like that. But very funny. Well, excellent. Yeah. He is. He is as funny as he is short. <laughs> Some might say funny because he's short. His shortness is a big part of his physical comedy. I guess so. Um, how, what's the Danny DeVito? So I know like one flew over the cuckoo's nest is the most is like the first thing that he's in that like people know him from. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always sunny in second, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what his top four are. It's probably those three and something else. Um, Wow. No, not at all. Terms of endearment? None of those. None None of those are correct. Okay. Because Wikipedia is exactly Wikipedia. Danny DeVito is an American actor, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, gained prominence for his portrayal of the taxi dispatcher Louis De Palma in the television yep. series Taxi. Blah, blah, blah. Plays Frank Reynolds in Always Sunny Philadelphia. Known for film roles, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. It's literally the first three things. That yeah. Mentioned. So Batman Returns, fair, is up there. I don't get Shorty. Get like Shorty's not there either. Yeah, this is a very strange top four for him. Uh, Matilda, unclear. Uh, Throw Mama from the Train, which is a very fun, funny movie. It's like a, it's a parody of, uh, of Strangers on a Train, the Hitchcock movie. Okay. Um, the War of the Roses from 1989. I, I don't agree with this. Uh, with yeah, top four at all. Yeah, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know how official this top four is. Yeah, well, I, I don't know why it's always the thing that's cited. Um, it does have a lot of street cred. Okay, so yeah, so he he's a he's a theater guy. He starts uh, as a theater guy out there. He plays. Uh-huh. Martini in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> Why are we talking about Danny DeVito? I'm not even sure. I don't even know. But he plays. <laughs> so listen to this. He plays the, the character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in right. the off-Broadway play. Oh, interesting. Then he reprises the role for film. Yes. And then it's always Sunny did an episode parodying. Yes, which, which I didn't at the time that I saw it for the first time. I had never seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Then mm-hmm. I later saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I was like. Oh, that's an episode <laughs> of, Cur- of Sunny. And yeah. then I rewatched the episode. I'm like, oh, this is very funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a uh, great film, great episode. Yeah. Um, great actor. My no, favorite four, role of his is probably he's, Twins. He's, four, he's excellent he's, in Twins. He's four foot ten. He, uh, which is the result of multiple epiphyseal dysplasia, Fairbanks disease. Oh, so he has like a pituitary disorder. It affects bone growth. Yes. It's a rare genetic disorder that affects the growing of ends of bones. Mm. Oh, Robert Reich also has it. Sucks for Robert Reich. Yeah. Do you know he is? He was Secretary of Labor under Clinton, and he's like a big Twitter liberal guy now. Oh, that's why I recognize him from yeah. Twitter. Yeah, he's like one of the yeah, he's big resistance Twitter. Yes, yes, but he was uh, yeah, he, but he was uh, President Clinton's cabinet. All right, he's very he was very excited the many different times that Trump. Was yeah, arrested. yeah, exactly. Yes, one of those. All right, okay, so let's uh, why don't we jump right back into uh, Taylor Stillskin's Sweet Sixteen. We start out uh, going straight into the first of what will be many um, loud, obnoxious, derisive, bullying rants from mm. Mr. Leonard Stiltskin, played by the great J.K. Simmons. Yes, um, per- perfect J.K. Simmons role. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is obviously always the best when he's in you know bad guy mode, mm. uh, be it in Oz, be it in Whiplash, uh, be it in the Spider-Man movies. Um, this is just, you know, when J.K. Simmons is at its best, you know, he's, yeah. he, he definitely can show up on other occasions and, uh, play, uh, you know, other types of characters. Well, like, what's you know, the, what's the, 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 the teenage girl, um, Juno, pregnant. Juno. Yeah. Juno. Thank you. Yeah. Juno, sort of um, the, you know, the farmers commercials, you know, he can be, he could be a jovial mm, character from time to time, but, yeah. um, you know, angry, mean, horrible J.K. Simmons is definitely. But, but still such a range of when, like angry yeah, meanness, so. right? Like in Oz. He's like a Nazi in yeah. prison. In Whiplash, he's like a respected, uh, you know, music teacher. Right. Um, and here he's just an asshole, as far as we can tell. Just a rich Hollywood asshole. A rich asshole, yeah. yeah. A rich asshole who, uh, <laughs> I guess he's a, a producer of some sort. Yes. Seems um, to be quite successful. So anyway, so yeah, so he is the one throwing the titular Taylor Stiltskin Sweet 16 party. Taylor Stiltskin being his daughter. And he's on the phone with the bakery asking them to write Happy Sweet 16 Taylor on the cake and lets them know 
that in the event that there's any mishaps, he will come over there and take a shit down their hole. It's so weird to me. Like, even if you're an asshole and you don't care about other people, it's fine, granted. But from like a self, from your own self-interest perspective, like this cake is 100% getting like spit in, defiled in some disgusting way, right? Yeah, I mean, this is right. This is not you, 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 you can't treat you can treat some people like that, but you can't treat everybody like that all the time. Yeah, I no mean, this is this is just a guy who has like a couple times in his life gotten his way by just like bullying people, and now yes. just like is always in that mode. I guess, yeah, and maybe 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 many times in his life, and probably like on in Hollywood, this is the way to get ahead. Um, but in most situations of life, you... yeah. So he, uh, you know, he hangs up and he starts talking to Ron and asks him if he has kids and tells him you shouldn't have kids. I, you know, my life's a disaster. I got married. I have kids. I, uh, I had to hire this rapper named Ro Grizzle this mm. uh, one time. Had to pay him for an hour last year's birthday party. I threw down four thousand dollars for some hooker dress for her to wear. No, and... not last year. That's the party we're at right now. Oh, that's this party. He's describing okay. the party. Yeah. Oh, I thought he. Well, he was saying how he still barely got a smile. So I. No. Yeah. He said, and I have barely gotten us. The whole thing's yeah. a present. Oh, okay. I thought he was saying the hooker dress was like some other party, but I guess yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So. Um, but by the way, to, to my point, like that, like if you treat everybody like this, it would not be good for your own self-interest. Last week with Mr. Lipman, we saw that how he's an asshole to the bartender. And so the guy intentionally doesn't help him, you know, give him advice that would have saved him money. Yeah, so. I actually I saw I, I think it's either like Mark Cuban or some other maybe Warren Buffett. I saw some like, you know, billionaire say that, like. Every like person you mistreat, you're just like flushing money down the drain. That like you know, because it's kind of like the theory of like you never know yeah. who's going to be in a position to help you, and like and being nice is free. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this guy's losing a lot of money according yeah, to that theory. I definitely think so. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So. Um, he goes on to tell Ron, like, listen, you know, you guys only got this kid because uh, those assholes over at Valhalla Catering mm-hmm. they double booked us. And, you know, here we are with party down instead. Let's uh, let's hope this goes OK. Um, and, you know, goes straight back to on the phone, uh, you know, threatening some other guy, telling him he's going to rip his dick off and use it to fuck his dog to death. Mm. Yeah. I wish we had J.K. Simmons on the pod. I, like, I want to know, like, was he coming up with all this himself? Was this in the script? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess we don't know. Party down, I think, is more scripted as, as compared to Curb, right? Well, for certainly compared to Curb, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's probably mostly scripted. Mm. These are very specific uh, have, we, have we tried to get guests for the uh, Party Down segment of this podcast? Um, I tried to get Stormy Daniels for last week. Oh, okay. I failed. <laughs> okay. Um, we can try. We can try. Yeah. Sounds... I'll try for next week. Let's see who we have next week. Let's see. Yeah, let's discuss it first. See if, uh... Okay. Yeah, we'll see if next week makes sense. Um. So, yeah, so we go, you know, behind the scenes, we're like in the kitchen area uh, where, you know, there's no ovens or microwaves or anything like that, but just food appears, as you described earlier. And uh, Casey and Henry are like looking at themselves in the mirror, wearing these like giant jackets that uh, they were outfitted with. Um, Casey believes that she is a player in this uh, outfit. So good on her. And Kyle is in a bunch of uh, tooth pain because on the advice of his agents, he bleached his teeth and now he finds them to be super sensitive, uh, to which Roman 
seeks to take advantage, and he uh, kind of like flicks him a couple times, uh, which results in Kyle seething in pain. And this will uh, kind of broadcast where we're heading later in the episode with the Kyle tooth pain storyline. Very riveting stuff. Yeah, but it will lead to, I think, like big uh, Larry David energy with Kyle, like the his inability to kiss DeAndre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not is, even is Larry Kerbish physical. Comedy. It is it is Kerbish, but it's like I don't know that we ever had like Larry where like he was just like physically incapable. It was it was more that like he had like some ridiculous hang up. No, but like for example, when he was with Wendy wheelchair. Um. Or no, he's had a lot of times. Or you know, like you know, the dog bit his penis. I feel like there's a lot of times where he has like right. That's true. Dog dog biting his penis is good. Physical right? with, Lucy, with, with Lucy Lawless, but he tells her that we can't have sex. Um, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, but uh, you know, the the the, the Jets situation, the Bush situation, yeah. those are the those come more present to mind yeah, for me. Yes, of, like, Larry, he ruins it himself. Yeah, right. ruins it himself for no good reason. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, being on a date with a blowjob teacher and uh, <laughs> loading up on spicy food for no reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Ron comes back in and he gives them the whole rundown of what's going on today. You know, there's not just a theme, uh, being the club the club boat. Um. So we have to be like extra on our best behavior, extra professional. Um. You know, because we are not only serving here today, we are also you know we play a, an important role in the ambiance of the events. Uh. Which I don't really understand what that's getting at, but he, they, they play this up. But like, I... it doesn't. Make, yeah, I don't know. This this whole party, I think, is just supposed to be a dub. Uh, a dub is the main takeaway. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so we go on to the party and yeah, as you said, the party's a dud. We, uh, 200 people were invited, only 10 people showed up and the 10 who showed up are apparently humongous losers. Mm, Yeah. And, and really like dressed and acting quite a stereotypical way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so Mr. Leonard goes, uh. Mr. Leonard, Leonard is uh, Leonard, not Mr. Leonard. Uh, I wrote that Mr. Leonard. Um, Leonard, uh, he's back on his phones. He's working the refs. He's calling up all the parents and yelling at them why their kids are not at the party. Yeah, you know yeah. what? When you're an asshole to everybody, eventually it'll bite, but, but uh, you know, screws <laughs> Yeah. Up. Oh, why? I wonder why nobody came to this asshole family's party. Yeah. I mean, the daughter is probably worse than the dad, but we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, she for sure. She's horrible. Um, and uh, Taylor, the birthday girl, has locked herself in the room because she's pissed that nobody came. She's such embarrassed. a brat. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So now there's basically no party. Um, he says he's uh, flushed six figures down the toilet. I don't know how he got to six figures because it was only 4000 for the dress. Um, yeah. I guess we didn't say how much it was for the rappers. All right. But... So let's say, yeah, let's say that Kevin Hart Joe Grizzle is, is 50000 Okay. So then that's pretty close to six figures already. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 renting the boat. Let's say the cater yeah. is another uh, five to ten. No, that's more that for two hundred people. Yeah, but they don't actually serve any food. <laughs> well, they, I don't know. Two, a, a catered affair for two hundred people costs a lot of money. Well, so yeah, yeah, that, yeah you can't. If it's fifty thousand for the boat, then, rent, then I mean, how much does it cost to rent a boat? I have no idea. But I have boat. no idea. Yeah, <laughs> and this I've is been on a boat. I've never boat. I mean, it has tons of rooms. Like they have, co- they have rooms all over the yeah, place. Fair enough. It's probably a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Where am I? Oh, I went down too far. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, so first uh, Taylor's mom tries to console and then, um, you know, tells, you know, the father, you know, she's a sensitive girl. You have to be nicer to her. And he's like, no, this is ridiculous. And he orders Constance, uh, great idea, Constance, you go deal, you go deal with her. <laughs> That'll help the situation. So uh, Constance goes on in and, you know, she tells her, come on, come, come out. And, um, you know, she, she, Taylor starts giving the whole lowdown to Constance such that by the time that Casey comes in, Casey's like trying to, you know, say, no, come on. Like, you know, those guys who didn't come, they're just losers. These being are an your... adult, basically. Yeah, being an adult. Like, come on, like, have a good time. Like, you have friends here. And she's like, no, well, those are only like my old friends that are losers that I used to be friends with before I became cool and got all these cool friends. Yeah. Constance's behavior very creepy. Very creepy. He, yeah. She's like completely team like demented Taylor. Yeah. Um. So we um we go now. Ron goes in to see the rappers because uh Ro- Ron Roman had told him that one of them wanted to order food or something, and he goes in there. He wants to know when he's coming on, right? He's very professional. He's very focused on being professional. Joe Gristle. Um, yeah. but fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess they, they end up, yeah, they end up ordering food while they're in here. Yeah. Um, there's also like humongous pillars of weed smoke everywhere that Ron doesn't seem to really be aware of. Yeah. But like, and I brought this up a couple weeks ago. Um, like the show's approach to weed is sort of like very immature to me. Like you can't get high from walking into a room. With <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's, yeah, he, it's he's hard. in the room for two minutes and then comes back and is right. stoned out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they if do only. Point, to be fair, they they bring up, they say, oh, this is super hydroponic special. Like, like, but still. Yeah. 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 Hollow eye. Yeah. Um he uh he while he's in there, he hears one of them say the word franchise for one <laughs> second. And he immediately jumps in, he's like, Oh, franchise? Well, yeah. do I have an idea for you. Um, which will come back later, of course, but we'll get there. Yes. Um, and then in kind of like what's really like probably like the main uh, through line of the episode, uh, you know, although it comes in late, is this whole thing with um, with Michael, um, the guy you mentioned before. What's his real name? Whose real name? Um, the guy from Road Trip. The guy who's gonna, oh Breckenmeyer. Oh, Michael. Yeah, 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 Breck and Meyer. yeah Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he uh, he's at the bar, and when he orders something, he they realize they recognize each other. Uh, because he's been taking classes at the same school. And he tells uh, Henry the reason why he's here is because he's in Leonard's new movie where he's going to play Edgar Allan Poe vampire killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's very possible that he could get Henry a role as, in a movie as the young Lincoln. Uh, to which Henry says, sure, why not? Yeah, well, he takes a little bit of uh, encouragement, but yeah. Yeah. By the way, Brecken Meyer is known for is, I think, actually much more reasonable. It's the three things I know him from, which is yeah. road, trip. Ro- road trip, rat race. Remember the movie Rat Race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a race. Yeah, and then uh, and then Clueless. Clueless. He's in Clueless. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was like the. St- he was like the guy who is like sort of like a stoner, like hacky sack guy with like long baggy jeans. <laughs> that tracks, but I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and Alicia Keys thinks she's too good. Uh, Alicia Silverstone thinks Alicia she's Silverstone. Too good. <laughs> Alicia Keys. Yeah. Different right. movie. Different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so as this is going on, we have the first interaction between uh, Mrs. Leonard, um, who's of course I don't remember her name, but she's the uh, big daddy. Oh, so that's Joey Lauren oh, Adams. Girlfriend. Yeah, what's she? What she's else? In, was, all the Kevin Smith movies. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't really seen many of those. Oh, 
Oh, okay. You should see them. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know what I would assume that's what she's most famous for. Should we click on her now and see? Yeah, let's check it out. Yeah. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Is, Lauren Adams is an American actress. She's appeared in several Kevin Smith. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, we got to go to the known for it. Yeah. Chasing Amy. Days and Confused. Oh, she's in Days and Confused. I forgot about that. Oh, oh big, yes, 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 yes. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Okay, there you go. All right. And then yeah, Animal. she's like the cool senior in uh, in Days and Confused. Yeah, but not not the brunette, not the really mean one. But yeah, but she's yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah, I like her. Yeah, yeah, but I think of her from I think of her from Clerks, Chasing Amy, all that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, anything else that's interesting on here? Um, party down. Oh, she's going to be in two episodes. Oh. She's coming back next season. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I did not remember that. <laughs> Me neither. Is she still playing DeAndra Stiltskin? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> the whole like, so like, you know, I said this before, like Kyle's inability to kiss her. It's a bit much. The reason it's, it's like LD energy to me is because like he could just like he could just explain much like LD often does. You know, right. dog my penis like I got this teeth whitening thing. Right. I can do other stuff. Right. Let's do everything but kissing. Although, All right. Oh, I'm well, a prostitute but, well, who doesn't like to kiss. Well, most of the stuff would involve his mouth. Right. Like him doing to her. I mean, you know, he has other body parts, but like, you know, I don't know. It could be worked out. I feel like if you say I'm not using my mouth at all, that's, that's not <laughs> there's still a lot to be done. Sure. But, you know, she can go find somebody else. Also. Especially for like, you know, a first encounter. Like, you know, you don't have to uh, be compl- all the you know. more. So first encounter, you got to impress. Well, you know, you could uh, be more uh, more limited in what uh, goes on. You could yeah. say, you know, I'm only comfortable with uh, certain amounts of interaction. Jo- Josh Hartnett to uh, I think Breckin Myers from Minnesota. So to mention another Minnesota actor of the same generation, he was in this really stupid movie. I think it was called 40 Days or something like that, where for Lent he gives up um, orgasms. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see this movie? What's it called? I think it was called 40 Days, but I could be misremembering. Uh, yeah, I think I saw that. Oh, I don't know if I saw it. I definitely remember it. Yeah. So like, so he he won't like do anything. He won't masturbate. He won't have right. sex. Yeah. It's, called, yeah. it's called 40 Days and 40 Nights. Yeah. And so there's one scene in the movie where the girl who he really likes, who, who he starts dating, you know, she's frustrated because of his self-imposed, you know, restriction. Uh-huh. And he gives her an orgasm entirely from just blowing. He doesn't touch her. He just sort of like <laughs> leans over her and blows on her body. And yeah, I'm going to... Very gonna, impressive. Yeah, well, very impressive or total bullshit. Yes. Yeah, the magic of movie making. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I have never met a person who could uh, who could achieve such bliss through such limited... Uh, you well, you're, you're very limited in your I'm abilities. I'm not good at my blowing, obviously. Correct, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Otani has uh, no hitter through seven yeah, and two thirds. Indeed he does, yeah. yeah. Let's see if I can... It's really unbelievable that like... His season is arguably the most impressive season of any baseball player ever. And another guy is going to unanimously win the MVP. Yeah, well, I mean, did Otani set the Yankees record for home runs? <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 would vote, Judge. I, I would vote for Judge also. But it's just very funny. Yeah, I mean, Judge is really good this year. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Noisy. Okay. Now I got Otani on. All right. I'm putting, I'm putting Otani instead of your face. I won't object. Oh, I think he's about to give it up. <laughs> I think I just got spoiled. Oh, yeah, he just gave it up. <laughs> oh, well. Well, that was a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us all. All right. So, yeah, um, hit her seven and two thirds innings. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, we, um, <laughs> she also offers him the role of young Lincoln. So, uh, Henry might have something to say about that. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so we go, um, Michael and Henry are on the boat to uh, talk to Leonard about the movie, and Leonard is, you know, yelling at somebody else, of course, and um, Leonard immediately recognizes Henry. He's like, oh, my God, like, I know who you are. You're from that commercial. And Casey, meanwhile, is still working on Taylor, you know, telling her, like, don't you know shouldn't try so hard it's like part of what's being cool is not to care about being cool like just go out there and have fun like that's the way you should approach this uh she also passes along a gift from megan this amazing actor from that commercial we love is here like i'll bring him in to surprise megan and he of course comes in and delivers his classic catchphrase are we having fun yet which you heard at the top of this podcast lands like a total dud yeah, lands like a total dud. Megan's not at all uh, impressed or interested. But yeah, so meanwhile, we have the whole thing, as you mentioned before, with Kyle and uh, Mrs. Leonard in the bedroom, and uh, things are not going well. Meanwhile, Ron with the rappers is, uh, he's starting to hit it up with them, and he's, uh, they start talking shop, start talking some business, and uh, Ron surmises that none of them have ever heard of Soup and Crackers, despite its amazing gloriousness. And he wonders, might it be a good idea to open a Soup and Crackers in the South Central area where mm. these rappers are from and frequent, mm. since it's kind of a, the untapped potential. It's an unknown commodity there. And, you know, they get into a discussion about, you know, it's, you know, it's full of a lot of Latino people and it probably wouldn't work. Um, also, like none of the black people are going to go there because it has cracker in it. And uh, Ron, on the, you know, he, start, he starts to understand and like they're all like making, you know, racially charged jokes. Uh, which is all going well until Ron uh, takes a crack at one and throws out the N-word for some reason, uh, which brings the entire party to a screeching halt. Yeah. Um, Poor yeah, Ron. You should probably not put the N-word in the name of your restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it depends where, but yeah, probably not a good idea. Um, so back to the party. We have Roman and Michael discussing the movie with Megan, who's Taylor's uh, friend from earlier, which brought the gift. And Roman uh, thinks this is a good opportunity to start hitting on Megan, who's probably, I don't know, nine years his senior. I mean, his junior. Yeah, Yeah, extremely creepy. Um, Finally, uh, Casey has succeeded in convincing Taylor to come out, and everyone is having a good time now. Everyone greets Taylor. The party is finally on. And... um, Casey is uh, now goes over to talk to Henry. You know, she's uh, one so far. She's succeeded with uh, with Taylor. Now she turns to Henry and see if she can uh, be his fixer here. And he, um, you know, decides that fine, I'll go to talk to Leonard. You know, I'll see if I can make this movie thing happen. You know, this really could be a good opportunity. And, you know, we we get this uh, cross cut with uh, Kyle, uh, you know, continuing to fail to perform with Mrs. Leonard. Things not going well at all. He uh, falls on the floor. As Michael's really uh, giving the hard sell on Henry, telling Leonard that he's the next Pacino, and Leonard's in a really great mood, and he's like, you know what? All right, come, you know, you'll you'll read for the part. We'll give you a chance. Let's see what you can do. And that mood immediately turns sour as Mrs. Leonard walks out, and he figures out exactly what's been going on while he was preoccupied yelling at various folks on the phone. And Leonard's now pissed. He storms off in anger. And Henry but it's not is, exactly uh, clear why, because he's okay with it. So, well, apparently not. I think he doesn't just. Or like, I guess he he's not happy that he that it was with a waiter. I, don't, I think it's like, but he's not a waiter; he's an actor, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Um, yeah, I think I think that's part of it that like he doesn't like the the quality of. I think it's also rubbing it in his face is not ideal from his perspective. Right. That's true. That's yeah. true. Be discreet. But yes, but he knows. He's like, oh, well. no, I got to give this guy a role also. <laughs> so he knows what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the rappers, uh, they're done. It's past the time that they were supposed to go. Um, they say that they're not going on stage. Leonard, of course, uh, threatens them with all sorts of crazy shit. And uh, they said, you know, Call our lawyer. <laughs> let's take. Let's go from there. Yeah. Uh, but the party is otherwise going great. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, Roman's even trying to still make some moves with Megan, who keeps trying to dance away and escape from him. Roman's super, super creepy here. Yes. Um, and all of a sudden, to break the the good mood, Chad comes, and Taylor is so overwhelmed, so excited, so surprised. And by she, the way, it's uh, so jumps weird. on him. She kisses him. As the yeah. cool kids come in the room, the music immediately stops. Like, why did the DJ stop the music? <laughs> well, he's like, he realized that something monumental is about Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, Taylor bounces from her own party with what the cool kids, she's leaving the all the losers behind. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because she's 16 years old. But like, God, she sucks. Yeah, you know, we closed out the episode with uh, Henry and Casey sharing a kiss in the back, and he asks her if she likes him, and she says she does, but she would have liked him just a little bit more if he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. So she's and trying to then, sort of motivate a guy who's sort of his whole appeal. He's always bragging about like you know negging himself and self deprecation, right, being, being like laid back, and yeah, giving a shit, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm the worst. I live in a studio apartment, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um i heard that sometimes um women like to date guys who are projects for them (laughs) so i've heard yes all right well uh are we uh wait what about our post-credit scene our mid yeah we get the post-credit of uh roman and ron just like cleaning up and uh roman's like joking around about like oh i can't imagine what like leonard would have written on our uh feedback card and he goes on like some like ridiculous (laughs) you stupid fuckers you're the worst fucking caterers nobody caters worse than you and Ron's like, oh, my God, like, did you see it? Like, how do you know that? Like, that's spot. It's exactly what he wrote. Yeah. So uh, pretty solid there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right. So what's your rating for the episode? I enjoyed this episode uh, quite a lot. I thought it was really funny. Um, J.K. Simmons steals the show as expected. But just like great performances all around. Uh, again, of course, except for Kyle, who his whole storyline is kind of uh, lame. Uh, but I'll say that this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Four pretties out of five. Oh, okay. So you're even higher than I am. Um, I'm I'm at pretty, pretty, pretty good. So three and a half. And I was going to give it a three. But then I, I do boost it up because of the, the cameos we get. I think like all yeah. four are great. But but Simmons mm. and Kevin Hart in particular hit it out of the park. I mean, Kevin Hart is like not yet famous. I mean, obviously now he's way too big to be on a show like this. Although who knows now, you know, with the show coming back, they're all famous. But like he's phenomenal. J.K. Simmons, phenomenal. And I also thought, you know, that we got a pretty good, um, pretty good job from Joey Lauren Adams and from um, Breckenmeyer as well. So uh, I, bo- I boosted yeah. up to three and a half because of them. Very good. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. And on that note, I'll start. Uh, my come with guy is a a not yet big time Kevin Hart, who I just I think he gives off perfect Kevin Hart energy as Joe Grizzle. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go with J.K. Simmons as Leonard. Um, just completely steals the show. He's by far the most memorable thing about this episode, possibly of like the series to date. Um, just like totally J.K. Simmons on fire, you know, peak performance from him. 
Yeah. Oh, what? I'm the asshole here? I am. I'm, I'm the asshole? I'm the asshole. Oh, I get it. I'm the asshole here, huh? Put your clothes on, Gordon. No one wants to see your penis. No one. Well, why? Maybe I'll win an award for best cock. And and then when we go to fucking asshole, that who are you gonna make the fucking asshole then? I'm I'm gonna stay within the family. I'm gonna go with uh, Taylor. Uh, just complete bitch. Uh, sits out her own birthday party. I guess you know it's her party. She could cry if she wants to, but doesn't mean you have to. Mm. Uh, you know you can make the best of it. And then just totally uh, skips town as soon as uh, a better opportunity shows up. Well, bails on her own party. Um, if that's not doesn't make you a fucking asshole, then I, I really don't know what does. Yeah, I mean, she definitely is. She's such a spoiled brat, you know, ditching her friends and the six-figure party her dad paid for. On the other hand, can you really blame her when you look how she's been raised? And so I'm actually going to give it to uh, her father, uh, J.K. Simmons, as Mr. Stillskin. Although, you know, Leonard is terrible. Taylor's terrible. The whole family's terrible. Roman did repeatedly attempt to dance with, like, a 15-year-old girl in a very <laughs> and, and ask her out. yeah. Anyway. Did not take no for an answer. So, yeah, uh, you, not you, couldn't go, you wouldn't go wrong there either. Yeah. All right. But um, is it now let's jump right to Brandix corporate retreat. Actually, let's I, jump right in. Here, slight segue here. I don't think we pay enough attention on this show to how incredible Ron's flat top haircut is. Like this is a haircut <laughs> that hasn't been seen since like 1991 or something like that. Uh-huh. I, I mean, he, he's just it's, it's phenomenal. I think it's a fantastic job. <laughs> So five five stars to to Ron's uh, hairdresser. Yeah, so we uh, we start off kind of where we left off with uh, Casey and Henry embracing in the kitchen. Yeah, um, sharing a hug, not quite a smooch, but uh, who knows? It may have been headed in that direction if they hadn't been interrupted by Connie and Roman who come in. And Connie's handing out some headshots. She wants to get everyone's opinion. Um, when Kyle comes in and he has a game he'd like to play, he tells Roman, "Would you like to play a game?" Yeah, and uh, it's a little parlor game where he's going to have Roman write down a number and he's going to have to guess it. And the number that he would like Roman to write down is the number of times that Roman has seen the movie 300. Mm -hmm. So Roman uh, complies with that. He writes it down. And as soon as he does, Kyle uh, lets everyone know that it was, was in fact a trick. And the entire purpose of this was to demonstrate the fact that anyone who has watched the movie 300 more than once is gay, as they say. Yes, very, you the know, worst thing that one can yes. be in the year 2009. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, it, it does remind you how different. By the way, 2009 was, do, do you remember the scene early in The Hangover uh, when Bradley Cooper mm -hmm. goes to pick up Ed Helms? Yes, from the, and, and he has the crazy bitch fiance. Yeah, and he says, paging doctor. He screams out loud, very loudly. Do you yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it wouldn't it, fly today. I remember watching it in the theater and being like, this is what I would have said to my friends in high school, but I'm shocked this is happening right now. <laughs> that was also 2009. So, yes, 2009, a very different place than 2022. But I'm still very disappointed in Kyle and Constance because, like, they at the Young Conservatives event expressed anger and homophobia and <laughs> intolerance. And here True. they're, uh, you know, they're pretty cool with using gay slurs against Roman. So Kyle yeah. and Connie, not not great job. Yeah. Well, Roman has seen it six times. Um, although I will say that, like, it, not that it's right, but like gay was often used not to mean gay. Like it was just like 
something that was like not cool or something. I don't know why people. But the, but I think but there's the implication way. is it's because Roman has a crush on all like the scantily clad men. Yes, it does end up going that way. Yeah. Right. Not did you, um, how many times have you seen three hundred off? I've seen it zero times. Oh, me too. Oh, I was surprised. Don't yeah, go. I haven't seen a lot of those like sword and sandal movies. They're not really oh. my thing. My my first date with Jen, we saw Troy. Oh, okay. You, I would think you would like it because I know you're a humongous fan of Gladiator. It was your yeah, favorite I, movie I, I mean, of the 1991 to 2000, whatever. Yes. Uh, but nevertheless, I haven't seen any of those other sort of Santa movies. <laughs> I mean, I saw Spartacus because, you know, I feel like I had. I saw Ben-Hur. I saw Ben-Hur. It's obviously horrible. Yeah. Well, it's just very dated and it's very a, slow. It's a million long. hours. Yeah, it's way too yeah. long. <laughs> Have you seen Spartacus? Spartacus is better than Ben-Hur. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, okay. Oh, I am Spartacus. Yes, I know that part. Yes, it's Kirk Douglas. Oh, okay. Should we do a Kirk a, a Kirk ranking? Kirk Cameron, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Cameron, Kurt Herbstreit, Kirk Cousins, Christian Kirk. Kirk Cameron was ter- performed terribly in primetime shows. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kirk Herbstreit is not a good primetime announcer, by the way, for the NFL. Anyways, he's good for college. No. Well, I think uh, part Captain of the problem Kirk. Is, it's the same thing when they to reverse it from from professional to college. Yeah, Captain Kirk. When they have Charles Barkley doing like Christian Kirk. Madness, I said Christian Kirk. Yeah, he's never seen any of these oh. guys play. And Kirk Herbstreit has clearly not followed these guys since they were in college. So. Anyway, a lot of good Kirks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, Kirk Douglas is the, is the, is the king of the Kirks. He's the Kirk goat. Yeah. Kirk is also a terrible name. Kirk. And I like the letter yes. K, too many Ks. <laughs> so um, looks like there's going to be a whole lot of uh, team building exercises going mm. on at this event. Um, and we find out that Rick Fox is here. He'll mm. be delivering the keynote address. Yes. Unclear why. Uh, Roman certainly is not impressed. Um, you know, somebody who just had a successful career because of a pituitary disorder is uh, it's not something that Roman is uh, impressed by at all. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't be impressed with Danny DeVito in the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. As I said yeah. earlier, he also has a pituitary uh, abnormality. Yeah. yeah. You got you, you got you got to be between what? Five foot four and six foot one. Otherwise, Roman's not interested. In then you're very impressive. Yeah. Um. So, yes, the party starts. The guests all come in. Henry's working the bar and Rob Cordry comes over and he, too, recognizes Henry from the beer commercial mm. and immediately offers him a job in sales. Yeah. Now. He's always he's very friendly, much as he was in Curb. Although he was also a sex yes. criminal in Curb. Well, he, the, his problem was he was a little bit too friendly in Curb. Yeah, with, with some people. Yeah, but he. Um, yeah. yeah, he's great, and I, I always like to see him. I loved him in Ballers. Yeah, Rob Corddry's great. I'm the only person I know who watched every episode of Ballers. Um, I don't know any other people. So you're pro- you're only also the only person I know, and Elizabeth Warren, I believe. Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It had um, Denzel's son. What's his name? David um, something Washington. John David Washington. John David yeah. Washington. Yeah, Rob Corddry was good. It, it yeah. had, um, John David had Washington has the same exact voice as his father. It's very uncanny. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays like a wide receiver. It's, uh, I really like Ballers. The weirdest thing to me is like that Akiva, who is both an NFL fan and claimed to be a big Dwayne the Rock Johnson fan, never watched Ballers. It's weird to me that all my friends who are football fans never watch Ballers. Yeah. So well, we should maybe we'll do a Ballers podcast next. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a little dated, I would guess. <laughs> so everything we, we're doing is dated. Also true. <laughs> we're, we, we're exclusively watching shows that premiered over 15 years ago. Yeah. Or 13 <laughs> years ago. Um, 
so yeah, did you uh, anything um, to share with Rick Fox? Rick Fox statistics. So we got a whole rundown on his different shooting. Well, percentages. that guy Bruno has a conversation with Rick Fox, which is amazing. Yeah, he seemed you, that was your favorite part of the show so far. Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, what you would do if you met a player. You you'd immediately start yeah. ripping off their stats. Yeah, not just a player. Rick, I, why, I did, why is it that why I is did it, it to that our you current city president uh, right? precipitously in Chester um, <laughs> war rankings? I've told you my my embarrassing story with Joe Biden, right? Yes, yes. In college, yes. When yes. he was a sitting senator for what, at the time, what, uh, I think 36 years, and I repeatedly told him multiple times in the span of 30 seconds that you are not a senator yet, not until the election. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Yeah. So the Bruno conversation with Rick Fox kind of reminds me of in Curb when the 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 guy at the ce- at the cemetery who said who gets met, who says that t- who, who says Derek Jeter is overrated and Larry David gets very upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although there, of course, we uh, were in complete agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Rick Fox's numbers went down a little bit. Bruno's. Um, Yeah. Um, Rick uh, somehow ends up enlisting Casey to help him writing write jokes for his speech later uh, because he uh, mistakenly brought his speech for the overnight delivery company when, in fact, this is a office management solution company. And nobody seems to even know what that is. <laughs> I went on like multiple rounds of interviews for a company that was like an office management solution company. And I like the third interview. I was like, hey, so this kind of hasn't really come up yet. What do you guys do? Um, and I didn't really understand even after they explained it then. But, uh, you know, it should be obvious what your company does in the first interview, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know what most of my friends do. <laughs> Yeah, but here I was, you know, being hired potentially also, for a specific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. like, I should know what the company does. That's a little different. Yeah, um, you should know what you do, even mm-hmm. if your friends know. Yeah, did Chandler um, Bing? So yes. I guess he knew, but none of his friends knew. He knew exactly. He knew. I think. Yeah. Um, so we we have Ron meeting Doug, who's from the trainer from the uh, the corporate retreat, and he tries to get some tips from him on managing a team. And Doug sees what's going on, and he lets him know that if he would like a training session, it is two thousand dollars for a half day. And, uh, you know, just be in, be in touch and we'll uh, hook you up with that. Uh, meanwhile, we have Casey and Rick uh, shooting barbs at each other, coming up with jokes. And they seem to be getting along swimmingly, uh, much to Roman's chagrin. Uh, he sees them chuckling and lightly flirting. And he's very upset. And he tells the rest of the staff that Rick is all over Casey like a fucking sleaze. Oh. Uh, he's very uh, possessive of this girl that he has uh, no relationship with at all. Yes. But listen, there's a line, so Rick's got to get in line. Yeah, so Rob Cordry again comes over to Henry and is uh, offering him another sa- offering him the sales job, telling him he thinks he'd be great at it. Uh, but Henry isn't really paying attention because he sees off in the distance that Rick and Casey are heading off, and uh, they seem to be very chummy together. Um, Roman also is uh, on the on the trail. He passes them in the hallway, and. He's like, I can't. He tells uh, Kyle's like, I can't believe that Casey's going to fuck Rick Fox. <laughs> you know, he has a really humongous dick. I think it's like two feet or something probably <laughs> for a guy his size. <laughs> and he's just trying to get Roman all uh, inflamed and jealous, um, even though, again, Roman, no connection to Casey other than works with her. No, no reason to be jealous, certainly. Um. So, yeah, so Ron uh, is trying to get the whole team together so he can uh, do a team. I don't know why he's, like, doing this, like, literally uh, like, while they're working. Well, like, they have the hour break. 
I but like save it for another time. Like you're you're kind of still on the clock. Like yeah, you don't, doesn't have well, to be uh, yes. I actually was wondering that also. I was like, shouldn't they have some assignment during this hour? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and also, right, the only way that you're gonna get caught is like by doing the team building in the place that the very place that you stole the information. Yeah, from. but who the fuck is this guy to say I'm gonna be sending a bill to, to to like you know party down catering courtesy of Ron? Like you left your book out and someone looked at your book. That should not be a crime. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, he still kind of he still stole. Did he steal? Um, so yeah, he's so, borrowing. I mean, that's not borrowing. Mirat Sadom. No, it, you, also he, they should just say whoever wants can come learn all of our team building methods for free. Yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, poor Ron. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, Ron is trying to run this meeting. Uh, only Connie and Henry are there. Kyle walks in. Roman's like and tells everyone that Roman is looking for Casey, who's fucking Rick's, Rick Fox in the suites. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which obviously Henry does not take very well. Um, we have uh, Kyle is putting on a blindfold for some reason. I don't even really know what the hell is going on at this point. Um, and uh, Henry heads out and he says he's going to go look for Casey and Roman. Yeah. Um, of course, he's really just interested in seeing what Casey's up to. Yeah. Um, and uh, Roman is like out uh, snooping around. He gets caught by a cleaning lady who sees him like with his ears pressed up against the door. He's like looking under the doors, clearly acting very suspiciously. Um, he tries to like look at the guest list and see if he could figure out which room is Rick Fox's. Yeah, which is not a thing she, uh, that, that um, the <laughs> right, it wouldn't have the ladies carry yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, he, he's like hiding in the bushes because like he hears like moaning coming from inside a room. And they're like, Henry stumbles upon him. And it turns out they're just both <laughs> spying on some guy who's masturbating. Well, Roman's, yeah. So Roman's been watching a guy jerk off to porn for 20 minutes, according to his own, <laughs> which is both deeply disturbing and very hilarious. And, and also, you know, to go back to the question of why he was, you know, watching 300 so many times. You know, maybe he is closeted and he's just, you know, he sort of lashes out and says all these sexist things about women and stuff as a way to sort of try and hide it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So um, they're like, both are like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're like, oh, well, like they were both like looking for Casey to tell her about Ron's meeting and that she should come. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um. Roman uh, tells him that, you know, I think that he might be with she might be with Rick Fox. So, like, I'm trying to find out Rick Fox's suite number. Um, Casey wouldn't, you know, with Rick Fox. Right. Um, and Henry is uh, just as perplexed as Roman is by this whole thing. And uh, Roman's like, all right, well, I'm going to go uh, still uh, hunt down that room number so that I could tell Casey <laughs> about the meeting. <laughs> that is our one and only agenda here. Um, while Roman, as soon as Roman walks off, we actually get Henry bumping into Rick Fox himself. And uh, Rick Fox wants to know if he's seen the maid. Henry wants to know if he has seen Casey. And he's like very casually like, yeah, yeah, she was just here. And by the way, here's this like uh, room service tray. Please take care of that. It also here's Casey's phone that she left behind. And, um, you know, when Kate, when Henry is still like standing there, he uh, also throws some money at him, uh, assuming that Henry's uh, waiting for a tip. So um, not going great. Henry, uh, not uh, not thrilled by the uh, implication of what he thinks he has just witnessed. Yeah. 
So we uh, go back to Ron's meeting and, you know, he's had everyone make these life trees and uh, Kyle's sharing his with the team when Henry and Roman return. And uh, we see that Casey has also just stumbled in and Roman finally comes on in. So everyone's everyone's back. And Ron is very excited. The whole team is here finally. And he asks everyone if they could each share an idea on how he could make the team better. And Henry's like, pay us double. Constance suggests that they each adopt a homeless man. Um, Ron shoots down all these ideas. He's only interested in uh, hearing ideas that are consistent with what uh, he had in mind. And uh, finally, it's Roman's turn, and he says that Casey should be more discreet and stop sleeping around with <laughs> at the events. And Casey is furious, but not at Roman, but at Henry, because she incorrectly assumes that Roman is referring to her having slept around with Henry. Yeah. Not, this uh, this, this really annoys me. Like, this just happened with Kristen Cole and Allison on House of the Dragons a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's like this thing that happens on TV shows all the time, which which doesn't really happen in real life, where like someone admits to something by mistake because they misunderstand. And I think the other person already knows, but the other person wasn't actually talking about that. Like this happens all the time on TV. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have a way of knowing that this doesn't also happen in real life. It makes sense to me. I've like only when somebody it, feels I've only witnessed like it happen been once, caught once ever in real life. And it was my dad doing it to my sister when we were kids. And my sister was easy to trick. She was a little kid and he tricked her to admit right. something. And then she turned and yelled at I me. Guess. And I'm like, you idiot. You just admitted it. Which, oh, it happens in Seinfeld also, doesn't it? George admits uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. And Jerry's like, Elaine, yeah, Elaine, yeah. Elaine tricks, the, tricks yeah, George exactly. to think that she already yeah. knows something. Exactly. Yeah. So it, um, something similar like that once happened to my sister. But that's the only time I've ever seen it happen in real life. But it's a, it's a trope. In yeah. I don't think it necessarily works as a trick, but I could certainly see someone. Never when, like, confess to make sure that you know exactly what's happening before you confess things. Yeah, so Casey uh, completely turns on Henry and uh, starts screaming at him, like, what happened? What, you weren't supposed to tell anybody. And this just, like, escalates the situation even further. Roman's like, what? You fucked him? I told you there was a fucking lie, dude. What's going on here? Is there anyone in the universe that you haven't fucked? Rick Fox, Henry, who else? Yeah, well, anyone who has fucked both a professional basketball player and very handsome Adam Scott is obviously a humongous slut that will have sex with literally anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Except Roman, of course. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Henry gives Casey back her phone and suggests to her that she shouldn't leave her phone in Rick Fox's room. Ron is very upset. He tells everyone that members of the team should not fuck other members of the team. And then, as you said before, the, the uh, team building exercise uh, leader guy, I've got his name, uh, Doug, I think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Doug comes in and uh, he realizes what's going on here and uh, says he's going to send them a bill. And we get, um, you know, kind of wrapping things up with uh, Casey and Henry with, uh, you know, arguing about whether or not she slept with or will sleep with Rick Fox. And she says, of course I didn't. I just wanted to get in with him so I could drive his CLK. Uh, Henry doesn't know what a CTS is. She says, no, it's CLK. And um, we end off with Henry telling Rob Corddry that he will, in fact, uh, try out for that job and go in the interview. And Rick Fox uh, bombing very hard with the crowd. None of these jokes are landing. Casey should probably stick to waitressing. It's a good thing that she did not uh, move to Vermont to be in the, uh, what, what were they called? The remember. Yucks. The Yucks. The Yucks. Yeah. yeah, she would not have been successful as a member of the Yucks, it seems. 
And uh, finally, we have a, a very long post credit scene, probably by far the longest we've had so far, I believe. Full interview. Um, yeah. yeah, we have a full interview. Um, turns out this is not quite a – I guess it is technically is a sales job, but it's really more of a telemarketing job. Yeah, and the, and the, uh, and the, the, really the interviewer, Steve, is played by Nelson Franklin, who was the assistant to former podcast guest Dan Bacadal on Veep. And, oh, he, al- and he also plays that the, the boyfriend on um, New Girl. A new girl, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I know mostly from B. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and he, he was also on the office. I don't remember, yeah, the office. yeah, yeah, he was on the office. He was, um, known for, yeah, it's uh, Veep number one, new girl number two, the office number three, Nick slash graphic Robbie. design. Guy. Robbie was his name, Robbie is his name on new girl, yeah, yeah, Will is his name on Veep, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, he, in, in, in the final uh scene of the final episode, he has a very, very funny moment when he's up. Yeah, so do we understand why? So, like, why was Rob Corddry like obsessed with Henry going for this job? I think just he just liked him because of the "Are we having fun yet?" thing. And then uh, after he got home, he's like, "Oh, well, I don't give a shit about this guy. He sucks. He could be a telemarketer at best. He's got no experience." <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Robbie, uh, of course, also recognizes him and asks him to say the line, which he does. Uh, and uh, Henry is quite depressed by the whole thing. Hmm. This uh, this this one didn't really work for me. I liked the one for the first episode. Uh, this one was too long. Didn't really have a great payoff. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right, Av, what about the episode as a whole? How would you rate that? Um, I'll say it's like a notch below the previous one. Um, you know, Rick Fox was kind of you know exciting to have there, but he didn't really bring much to the table. Uh, certainly nothing the way uh, J.K. Simmons did. Uh, and like this whole episode, it kind of like it's very um, like 80s sitcom and just like revolves around miscommunications, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll say this is a uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good uh, two and a half. Um, mm. I, th- I think it's probably the, the first below average episode we've had so far. Um, you know, still some laughs here and there, but I think it was a pretty weak overall. Yeah, I agree with you. This is my least favorite episode so far. I'll say pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'll give it three. Although. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. The come with guy to me. Clearly, Rick Fox. So charming. Yep. What a guy. You, you had a two-foot penis. Yeah. Oh, uh, you, you, you have the same uh, come with guy as well? No, actually, I was going to uh, go with Roman just because of, like, the great efforts that he goes to <laughs> to, to track down. I mean, obviously very creepy, but, like... He has no connection really to Casey, and he's just like he's followed her around the whole hotel. He's he's going up to doors. He's climbing through bushes. Uh, he's going to you know, find out the room number, all this stuff to to do his uh, investigative duties. So mm-hmm. I like that. Oh, what? I'm the asshole here. I am. I'm I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole. Who is your fucking asshole then? My fucking asshole is Rob Cordry for uh, sending Henry on a dead end garbage job interview for no reason, just to like mess with him. I don't even know. Mm. I don't like it. I'm, I'm going to give it to Casey for the reason, as I was saying before, like for accidentally admitting her relationship with Henry in front of everyone. Don't admit to anything before you hear the full accusation. <laughs> Not that hard. Just wait a second. Um, she has only herself to blame. And now uh, J- Jen and I met uh, on the job, as I feel like many, many couples do. And we also mm-hmm. decided to keep it a secret. And we got caught by the Roman of our office uh, in the sense uh, this guy, he would introduce himself. Did you get act. caught in the act? Oh, well, we were holding hands. That's the act that we were caught in, in the act of. But oh, that's that's a lame way to get caught. Yeah. But the point is, this guy 
uh, this guy who worked with us saw us not at the office, saw us around town uh, holding mm-hmm. hands and then came back and reported it to the office. And um, I-, I call him the Roman of the office because his uh, his his last name had the letters K-L-I-T in it. And he would refer to himself he, as he gave himself the self-appointed nickname, the Clitmeister, which I feel like is a thing that Roman would do. So. <laughs> and not ironically. Oh, no, there was no irony whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I did not admit anything, even though he, he said I saw them holding hands. And, you know, eventually, eventually everybody knew everything. I would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Yeah. So we got we have a bunch of cameos in this episode, as we've been talking about throughout. We have J.K. Simmons, Joey Lauren Adams, Brecken Meyer, and Kevin Hart in the first episode. We have Rob Corddry and Rick Fox in the second. So these are like, you know, these are the big guns, I feel like. This is the show. This is still season one, so it's not like the show's like caught on, really. But these are much bigger names than we've had in the first five episodes. Yeah, big jump up, for sure. Yeah. It, it is funny to me how we each sort of know each of these people from different things. Like Joey Lauren Adams, for example. Like, for me, she's like Kevin Smith through and through, and I totally forgot about her from... From uh, from Big yeah. Daddy, for me she's right. She's only Big yeah. Daddy. Mm-hmm. All right, is it time for the Postman? It sure is. Postman, uh, Postman, uh, come uh, here. here Tell the okay. neighborhood. What a shanda, Larry, uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Okay. Uh, not only are you a lousy uh, Jew, uh, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. A shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. We have an email this week from someone who I've seen from time to time in the the pretty, pretty, pretty good WhatsApp chat, but I think first time emailer, and that is Alex Orvitz, who writes in on first on Sweet 16, says that the episode is party. Yes, 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 yes. The whole 30 fans extended WhatsApp Mm -hmm. universe. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Um, So first off, Sweet 16. This rates the episode party, 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 party down. That's four parties. An average episode elevated by J.K. Simmons and Kevin Hart. Mm, yep. Going on to rank each of the characters, we get Ron, number one, even though he says the N-word. I like seeing him chill out. Number two is Casey and Henry. Both are good like always. Number four is Constance. Not much positive, but no negatives. Kyle, bad teeth day. And Roman, number six, trying to get with a 16-year-old. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. The corporate retreat. I, I, is Alex- the Sweet 16 the least bad episode for ron like something terrible happens to him in every episode this episode <laughs> says the n-word <laughs> yeah but the, con- the the consequences aren't so dire they still seem to like him yeah so the, the ron on his best behavior is when he's saying the n-word in the presence <laughs> of a full, full room of black people yes yeah. that's his least bad episode <laughs> um okay then on to corporate retreat alex gives that episode a party 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 parts good part down sorry part down three and a half parties not as fun of an episode, but the ball throwing scene was hilarious. That's true. All right, and we uh, I, I omitted the part where when Casey storms off and she just pelts Roman in the head with the kickball. Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> um, and in terms of the character ratings, we get Constance number one didn't do anything reprehensible this episode. Casey number two for setting Rick Fox up to bomb his jokes. Number three is Kyle. Oh, did Casey sabotage Rick Fox? I didn't think so. Why would no, she? Yeah, she was trying to kiss up to him. She wanted to drive his car. Yeah. Yeah. And like, 
you kind of figure like, first of all, just like she, someone who's like a, com- a professional comedian good, good in theory would yeah. take pride at, at the very least. And who knows? This guy goes around giving speeches. You do a great job. He might hire you for his next gig. Like, why would she? I mean, he was like a legit job? actor at the time, right? He was on a bunch of stuff, I feel like. He was he was in stuff. I don't recall what what, but um, I mean, I think he was in like a couple basketball movies. Yeah, but he was in other stuff too. Was he on New Girl? I feel like I associate him with New Girl. No. I associate him with the Los Angeles Lakers. I see. He was on One Tree Hill. He was in the He Got Game, of course. Yeah, I don't see anything else that comes to mind. Okay, we did a lot of a uh, lot of IMD bags this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Kyle gets bad directions. Ron, number four, stealing is bad, and his team leader skills aren't great either. Number five is Henry for getting jealous and jumping to conclusions before discussing it with Casey. And at the bottom, Roman for creepily watching someone masturbate. Not cool. For 20 minutes. Uh, Yeah, I can't disagree there. All right. um, Next, we go to Zach Louie. Who says, hey, Alex and Av, great show last week. I think the two episodes per podcast worked well, although I am disappointed. We'll cut down the total number of episodes. I was very busy last week and decided not to write in. It didn't seem fair to have you guys read out a rushed half-hearted emails. Please, we would love to read anyone's rushed slash half-hearted emails. That's uh, who are we kidding here? But thrilled to be back this week. Even if I think last week's uh, episode party down, I don't read an email unless it's been an hour <laughs> crafting it. Yes, it should be written. It should be proofread. It should be checked for grammar, for spelling. Yeah, send, send it to another and, podcast first. <laughs> right. Yes, have it. Send it to uh, a loved one to review. <laughs> And um, then it's ready for our ears. <laughs> for the Sweet 16 episode, J.K. Simmons is great. I love Constance being the absolute worst influence for a teenager to have. I have a bunch <laughs> to say about how idiotic Ron is. Three pretties. Come with guys, Breckenmeyer, for looking out for Henry. The fucking asshole is Kyle's dentist. That's a good one. Yeah, Breckenmeyer was extraordinarily complimentary and helpful of a guy who doesn't really seem to be that close to them. Doesn't seem to appreciate it at first. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, corporate retreat uh, is maybe my least favorite party down episode. Yeah, so we're we're uh, he's right there with us. Henry and Roman drama feels unnecessary, but I guess the point of the episode is to establish that Henry is more into Casey than he was probably planning on being. And he gives the episodes two pretties. He says, "Really excited about next week's episodes. Keep up the great work. These pods have been fantastic, and I'm always looking forward to them." Thank you very much, Zach. Thank you, Zach. And to end things off, we go from one Zach to another, Zach Brooks. Who says on the Taylor Stiltskin Sweet 16 episode, people care what I think. I have a prestigious podcast. This was the most star studded episode so far. Is the movie they were referencing supposed to be Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or just some other gothic Lincoln story? Yeah, That's I was funny. confused by that also because there definitely is the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but this seemed to be more focused on Edgar Allan Poe, um, who I guess maybe he's a character and I don't know. I'm not familiar with those books. But um, yeah, we're not gonna look into that now. Uh, well, fucking assholes, not. Roman don't mess. With... What? Yeah, no, Edgar are? Allan okay. Poe does not appear in Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter. Okay, so then this whole thing is confusing. Yeah. Um, Zach's fucking asshole is Roman. Don't mess with someone's sensitive teeth. Come with guy is Michael. Oh, wait, for hold to on a second, of young Lincoln. Hold on a second. The movie Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter is based on the novel Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Obviously, right. Uh-huh. And there, Edgar Allan Poe does appear. And in the and in the novel, while in Washington, Lincoln meets with his old friend Edgar Allan Poe, who also knows the truth about vampires. Poe tells Lincoln that the Ooh. vampires are being chased out of their ancestral homes in Europe, in part because of a public outcry over the bloody atrocities of Elizabeth Bathory. 
Should I click on her name now and go even deeper to Wikipedia? Wait, so were Edgar Allan Poe and Abraham Lincoln really friends? I mean, they were in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, uh, look, there. I think there's a... A photo of them together? There's no. a photo of them together. Well, but that's on Snopes. Let's see if Snopes says. False. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now this is kind of crazy to me. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, the movie... Is a mm-hmm. big enough movie that it has its own wiki, and on I mean, the I'm, and on lots the Abra- of too. But this, I didn't even know this. on the on the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter wiki. There's an Edgar Allan Poe page, which oh. is just so funny to me that somebody like doesn't know. But he was he was a friend of Abraham Lincoln. Is, is that just in this world? Yeah, I mean this this movie made over a hundred million dollars. Much smaller movies than this have its own Wikipedia page. Uh, okay. Edgar Allan. No, no. I don't mean a, a, Wiki, a page on wikipedia.org about the movie. I'm saying a, its own wi- whole Wikipedia oh. universe. Well, the, yeah, because there's a whole there. No, there's a bunch of books. So there's all its whole yeah. universe. Edgar Allan Poe is a poet, author and literary editor. He was best known for his depressing poems and stories. <laughs> there's like a whole like secret vampire universe. So. With all, there are, in know, fact, pride stories. and prejudice and vampires and. All these I things. just can't I don't know te- if they're all connected, but I can't tell. Is this real or is... no? This must be in the world. No, he wasn't really a vampire hunter. It's not real. No, <laughs> no I was saying, did they know each other for real? No, the, the whole the whole bio of, of Edgar Allan Poe I now realize is in the world of vampire hunter, not in real life. Did Abraham Lincoln meet Edgar Allan Poe? No, nope, says Edgar. Yeah, they never oh, met. We, in real no, life. they, they says the picture. No, oh. they never met in real life. Oh, they never met. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Although the two men were contemporaries and Lincoln was aware of Poe's work, they never met in real life. And even if they had, there couldn't have been a picture because I assume Poe was was aware of Lincoln's work. Well, no. As president of the United States. No, because Poe died in 1849. Oh, before he became president. Yeah. Before he became president. Oh, wow. Poe died so young. He was a he was a he was a random young lawyer in Springfield, Illinois, or whatever. The fake photo appeared in in the 2010 book Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Okay, yes, Poe was one of the, the gifted vampire hunters of his day. All right, anyways, and and uh, all right, so this 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 movie may have been based on that novel. Then probably was right. It yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to have been. Although they, did, they didn't independently invent the idea that these two were. Yeah, no, of course, of course, of course not. Yeah, okay. Um, so do they accurately predict? So the novel. When does the novel come out? <laughs> The novel comes out. Know. The novel was published March second, two thousand ten. That's a full year before this episode. Oh yeah. So what the Wait. fuck are they talking about here? Hold on a second. So is this based on the episode of Party Down? Yeah, they inspired it. They made a whole wiki, wiki uh, universe. Okay. Um, hold on a second. So Party Down has an episode in two thousand nine, filmed in two thousand eight, where Abraham Lincoln and Edgar Allan Poe are friends, which is not true. A year later, a novel comes out, which makes the same assertion. And then a few years after that, a movie comes out based on that novel. And in the episode of Party Down, which happened before all of this, they were making a movie. In which, <laughs> like, all right, this, I need to get to the bottom of this. There's something weird going on here. Yeah, that is a little weird. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a good answer. But, well, what about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Maybe they were in there. But that movie is in 2016. So that's even later. The movie is no, but the book is earlier, I believe. Okay. Two thousand nine novel. 
okay, but but this is this episode aired in April. Yeah, this doesn't have yeah, this doesn't have those characters. This is just has the characters from Prime Prejudice. And even yeah, so very strange. It must have been in development or something. So it was a no, but uh, what the novel was? I don't know. The the, the novel comes out a year later. The movie comes out many years later. No, a throwaway line in an episode of Party Down. It's not okay, but they didn't alive, get the idea from Party Down. That's not. That's not. That is not what happens. Um, I know that's. Not but yeah, no, I don't have a good explanation. What I'm curious of is: was Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Did they invent the idea of Poe and Lincoln being friends, or was that just like a, well, was that like a no? Well, no, trope? because there's this, there's a fake photograph, right? That's probably been an, no. The fake photograph was in the movie. That's where it came from, according to Oh. oh, oh. All right. If anybody, if anybody knows. Who invented the concept of Abraham Lincoln and Edgar Allan Poe being friends? And was it this episode of Party Down? Let us know. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a weird thing to say, well, these two people were both around at the same time, so they were just buddies. Not true. Independently made up by multiple. It's just very strange. It's very confusing. Maybe Hitler and Babe Ruth were friends. Hopefully not. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, did I interrupt Zach Brooks's email, or, is it, or did we finish it? You did. There, there was a there was a uh, a comic in two thousand two that involves the idea that Lincoln was a vampire hunter. But was Edgar Allan Poe involved? Not that I could tell from the way because there's nothing page, vampire-ish but... about this movie on Party Down. It's purely. It's just. It's about the two of them being. It's just about Edgar Allan Poe when he's young, right? Oh yeah, wasn't he? Well, he's not a vampire hunter in the movie. Do they mention anything about vampires? I don't remember. I can't imagine they did. That'd be too crazy. Um, All right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Zach asks if it's supposed to be Abraham Lincoln vampire or some other. Yeah, but it can't be because, again, the novel comes out a year later. The movie comes out much after that. Yeah. It could just be. Look, I I think I've discussed this on a podcast before. It it sort of blows my mind that that the concept of a unicorn was simultaneously invented in both China and in Europe. Have I discussed this with you before? Yeah, although that's not that crazy because it's just like it's it's a fictional. It's, it's like very much like animals, an animal that already exists. It's like a horse with a horn on it. But 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 that's to me why it's so crazy. The fact that dragons were simultaneously invented is kind of crazy, also. But like a dragon's like a totally fantastical beast that breathes fire. A unicorn is just a horse with a horn. It's boring and it's so boring that it should be real. It's it's not even special. Yeah, but it could it it could fly and like do stuff with rainbows and stuff. Yeah, but that's later. That's not the, that's not the original unicorns that were invented. And anyway, mm-hmm. I think I've discussed this on a podcast. I don't know. Maybe I've just maybe I've discussed with friends in real life. But yeah. Um, so apparently, the idea of Abraham Lincoln and Graham Poe being friends simultaneously invented. So John, this I can't, I can't be. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up with Zach Brooks. Yeah. Um, his come with guy for uh, that episode was Michael for trying to get his friend the role of young Lincoln, although J.K. Simmons would could get it just for being J.K. Simmons. And he gives the episode three parties, mostly for J.K. Simmons. For the latter episode, Brandick's corporate retreat. Uh, he wants to know, where's Rick Fox, the actor on the Ted Danson Club? Um, I don't think he's in the Ted Danson Club. He was very famous at this time like when he was on the lakers but by now i think people don't really remember who he is but even like what does very famous mean like he probably wasn't at any point one of like the most like the 30 most famous players in the nba even well he's a starter on a team that won three championships in a row and was and was based in hollywood and also was on tv shows yeah he might have been top 30 Uh. in in top 30 curating in the nba 
at the time. Like, I bet he was more famous than, like, Glenn Rice or guys who were all-stars, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's in that dance club. Yeah, no, he's not as famous as Ted Danson, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is it just me, or did Roman's obsession with Katie, Casey come out of nowhere? No, I think that's been planted, because like, yeah. they even reference the line where he tells him, I told you to get in line. Like, yeah. When, yeah, no, he, when he's she first in, he's gets, from the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when, when she first Roman's learned that she's getting divorced. Anytime there's a single woman between the ages <laughs> yeah, of way too young and, like, 40, he's always interested in her. Yeah, we get that scene where he like rates every part of her body yes. on a scale of zero to ten. So he's yeah. given it a lot of thought. Yes. Um, come with guy is Bruno for having Rick Fox to hurt that would yeah. make Chester jealous. Yeah. Fucking asshole is Roman for being possessive. Three and a half parties, pretty good episode, but wasn't that funny. Possessive about something that you don't even possess in any by any metric. Yes. <laughs> All right, so next week, I'm very excited Correct. because we have an episode that I think, like, when I thought about this show before, I, you know, we're not having seen it in a, lo- in a long time, the two episodes I thought of the most were uh, the Sensation Awards After Party episode, which we've already seen, and then Netwick, uh-huh. and then Netwick, and then Net, blah, 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 blah. and then next, <laughs> boy, I'm really having a struggle with these words, and then next week's episode, Celebrate Ricky Sargulesh. Which is, I think, from again my memory of several years ago, my favorite episode of the series. Uh-huh. Do you remember anything about it? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Definitely so we'll, we'll have that. We get another uh, curb guest star, Stephen Weber. Yep. And then we're gonna have a high school reunion, uh, episode nine. Oh. And that episode will have uh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge from uh, White Lotus fame. Some uh, some other fun guest stars. So yeah, let's look uh, let's look forward to that next week. Uh, Another week, two more episodes. We're uh, quickly coming up on the end of season one. And somebody broke the news that the new season will be coming out in 2023, not 2022. Oh, is that the case? I didn't see that. Somebody said they wanted the chats. I forget who. I apologize. I meant to give you credit. Oh, so we we may not have needed to rush, but anyhow.